countless galaxies held at attention, hinged upon the words that he whispers. Before space and time, he was fascinated and infatuated with his most treasured design, it was you. Can you feel it? His deep calls out to the depths of your spirit, will you remain complacent or be awakened? Scraping away dirt and shame and giving worth where there once was only hurt and pain. It's more than a moment. This is a movement. But what if it's all hinged upon us igniting the flame? Because we are more than neon lights and hills. We are more than drunken nights and thrills. A city torn, a city scorned. But believe me, this city will be reborn. As rivers burst from cracks in the desert, we will take your love to the lost and reject it all. It's like fire in my bones. So tell the prodigal daughter, fathers, and come home. So no longer is this the city of sin, but there's a hope for this great city of men. The avenue to that hope is through him. Jesus Christ the Lord in the city is his. My goodness, good morning, Avenue Church. How you guys doing this morning? Man, it's great to see you all here today. And uh, let's clap real quick for our first-time guests that are here today. And man, we're just, man, we're so honored that you're here, you're visiting with us. We hope that this could be a place that you can call home. And uh, just real quick, we do have a great kids program, Avenue Kids. Even on launch day, we had over 70 kids, and we enjoyed it. We had more room for them as well. And so if you have little ones here in this, uh, in this worship experience, feel free. You can take them down the hall, check them in, and be kid-free for like 30 minutes. Isn't that wonderful? Be kid-free for a while as well. And so I'm excited. We are in a series called This Is Us. Have you seen the TV show? All right. So I might not make you cry like the TV show does, but this is us. And we just want to introduce who we are as a church, uh, why, why we exist, why we're here in Las Vegas. And so this is us is our, our series, our very first series. So we're ending it today. Next week, we're going to begin a brand new series called Next Steps. And we're going to be talking about just steps that you can take. Four steps is know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so we're going to go through those things. And it all works alongside our growth track. And I just really want to emphasize that. It's something that we believe that will help you find your next step. That is, don't think events, don't think programs, don't think levels, think steps. And so in Growth Track, you're going to learn about what we are as a church. You're going to learn about our values, our beliefs. You're going to learn about knowing God, the foundation of, of, of biblical Christianity. You're going, to know, you're going to learn about finding freedom. Groups, we're going to be launching groups. A lot of people but asking me about groups. So how many are excited to launch a group or start a group or be in a group or hear about groups? And so we got groups coming your way because we everything we everything you see, we're just, we just want to grow from it and take that next step in that. So next week, it's next step. So I encourage you, bring a friend. This is a safe place to bring someone to say, you know what? This is a life-giving church. This is a, a church that will, that will love on your guests, love on your friend, and that is our desire today. So if you're ready, let's go to your Bibles. If you get your Bibles out, I'm going to jump right in. If you didn't bring your Bibles, that's okay. We have them available for free after service, but you can watch it on the TV screens. You can follow along with me, as well as your iPhone. Get your iPhone out. You can check in on Facebook if you want to. Pretend you're reading the Bible and check in on Facebook or Instagram. Anything you can do, but feel free to be comfortable. We're going to go to John chapter 14, verses 1 and 7. And this has been our theme scripture for the past three weeks, and we're going to end with it today. 
Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, but believe also in me. So this is Jesus. He's telling his disciples. So he says, believe in God, but believe in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you, that I go prepare a place for you. So God, he always goes ahead of us. He goes before us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself. Where I am, you may be also. Where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. You know the way. I don't know if you've ever been at church. The pastor's like, this is, you know the way. And here's Thomas. I like Thomas. Lord, we don't know. We don't know where we're going. We don't know the way. What are you talking about? How can we know the way? And this is his response. He said, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we've been breaking that down throughout this series. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And I want you to understand that when Jesus said, believe in God, believe, believe also in me, let not your hearts be troubled. Because he talked about in this room, there's disciples in this room, I love you all, but one of you is going to betray me. I love you all, but one of you is going to deny me. I, after this conversation, I'm about to go and die on a cross and, and die for all humanity, die for our sins. And three days later, I'm going to rise again. And so before I go, I need to tell you three things. I need to know, I need you to know the way. I need you to know the truth. I need you to know the life. And so we broke down what the way was, that, that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, it's that way. Jesus says, let's, let's, let's go on this journey together. I'm going to show you the way, the path, the journey. The, the, the truth was last week where, where we can break down the truth, that the truth begins to set you free. And so today is life. Here in the scripture, Jesus is talking about heaven. He's talking about there's a place that I have set before you. There's a place, uh, a, a beautiful place that's flowing of coffee and Chick-fil-A. Amen. That's my own intake on it, okay? So I'm glad, really glad you're here. If you know my family, that was my wife who did, the, who did the hosting today. I'm Jeremy, and I also have a five-year-old son, Levi, where I get a lot of my illustrations from because he he's out there. He's fun. But when Levi was just a little guy, he was in a crib, and uh, we had this issue. You know, I know you might look at pastors and say, like, pastors are, you know, like, perfect. We have no issues because we know what we're doing. We don't, okay? And so we were raising my son, and he was just a little guy. We had him in a crib, and he was young enough to stand, like, pull him up and stand on the crib. And we would get him down to sleep. If you're a young parent in this room, how many know I'm talking about? Like, that's a beautiful thing. Like, you know what a beautiful name is? Levi sleeping. You know, that's wonderful. And so he would sleep, and then he would wake up in the middle of the night. And when he wake up in the middle of the night, right, in the middle of the night, he would wake up. He didn't know how to get himself back to sleep. So in the middle of the night, he would pull himself up in the crib. We had the video monitor, and we're trying to be good parents. We're trying to, you know, you know like be tough on him so he learns how to go back to sleep on his own. So we don't wake up at 2 and 3 and 4 and 5, and that's where coffee came into our lives, okay? So one night, he woke up in the middle of the night, pulled up, and he began to yell, Mommy! Mom! Notice he never yelled for dad because he knows, right? He knows. Don't even say my name. So he'd yell and scream. And I remember like holding my wife down. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go in there. She's like, he's calling my name. What if his foot's stuck? You know, what if he's choking on something? It's fine. It's okay. You know, we got this. And finally she would go in there and comfort him, get him back down. And the cycle was happening over and over and over. 
Well, one day, my wife got invited out to Atlanta. You know what that means? He's stuck with me. <laughs> and so she flew out to Atlanta. She spent, I believe, three nights there. And my wife is like, okay, listen, all right, I need you to sleep with your hearing aid in. If you don't know who I am, I'm deaf in this year, completely deaf. And I'm 60% deaf in this year. I actually wear a hearing aid. And this, is maybe, this might be part of my hearing aid today, but I, I wear a hearing aid. And when I take it out, I'm deaf, all right? Like, I'm deaf. Turn your neighbor's head. He's deaf, all right? I'm deaf. And so my wife said, I need you to sleep with your hearing aid in. I need you to get that baby monitor. I need you to crank it. Yes, dear. You know, I'm the men in this room. Yes, honey. Yes, I will. Yes, I'll just, I'll just sleep next to the room. You know what I mean? I, I got this, babe. So she left on her trip. And I laid in bed, and I left my hearing aid in, cranked up the video monitor, had it right there. I'm ready. If he, if he yells, I will go in there and be like mom, right? Just, I love you, you know what I mean, and lay him down and things like that. So I fell asleep, had the best rest ever. I slept so well. And I woke up to my phone buzzing and vibrating and, and ringing. And when I woke up, the sun was up, birds were chirping in the air, and it was quiet in my home. So I picked up, I looked at my phone, and I saw I had five or six missed calls. So I said, hey, babe, what's up? I, I, and I realized I fell asleep. My hearing aid came out. So I was out. So I called, hey, babe, how are you? You didn't pick up. Well, you know, we're playing, you know. We're having a good time. And she goes, how was Levi? And I said, good. And I went in to check on him. And he was actually sleeping. He slept in. But the problem was his shirt was off and his shirt was on the other side of the room. And he had a sock over there. And uh, his blanket was missing. And I don't know what happened, but I slept through it all. <laughs> Why do I tell you that story? Because while I was sleeping, I was missing out on life. While I was sleeping, I was missing out on life. See, the reason why we've been throughout the book of John in this series, because John, he's the author of the book of John, and when he wrote the book of John, his major intent was to emphasize life. Life. Every story, every chapter in the book of John is emphasizing that Jesus is the life. In uh, chapter 20, verse 31, he begins to write this. I love this. He writes, And these historical accounts are written... So that you may believe that Jesus is, our, is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You have life in his name. So the entire book is about life. So what does it mean to have life? Now, I've heard uh, a couple of things like, get a life, bro, or I ain't about that life. But what did Jesus mean when he said, I am the life? So here's what we're going to do. Let's go back four, chap uh, four chapters. We're going to go to John chapter 11. And the reason why throughout this particular series, this is us, we've been saying, we've been looking at what Jesus has said. Now we're going to go to a story and find out what he did. Because Jesus is a, he's a Savior who talks the talk and he walks the walk. So here we go. We're going to go to John chapter 11. I'm going to read this as fast as we can. And we're going to have a great service. Now a certain man was ill. Lazarus. Of Bethany. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped her feet with hair, whose, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So Mary's and Martha's brother is ill. 
So the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. So I love that. Hey, Jesus, your, your buddy, he's really sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, for it is the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So it's not going to lead to death. So now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This is a godly kind of love. I love them. Verse 6. So when he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. He stayed two days longer. Now, I don't know if you're a a parent like that, but, uh, you know, sometimes your kid's sick and it's the first child, you're, boom, hospital, right? You're like, bam, right? Second child, let's just check his temperature, you know? Let's see if he's okay for a little bit. And it said that Jesus stayed two days later. Then after this, he told his disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and now you're going to go there again. You're going to risk your life to go see our buddy Lazarus. And he said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. He sees the light of this world. So he said, Jesus, if you go there, you're going to get hurt. They're going to stone you. He says, hey, we, we walk in the light, the light of the world. But if anyone who walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I found this interesting. We've been talking about the way, and how do we find the way? Jesus lights the way. How about the truth? There's the truth. And Jesus says, the truth will set you free, but also my word will light a path for you. So here's Jesus about to visit his sick friend named Lazarus. And he's doing ministry, and he works behind the scenes. I want you to understand what it said. He waited two days that this was not an accident. That everything Jesus does, it's for a purpose. That we look at this scripture, if we just look at our normal eyes, we'll say, wow, Jesus heard he was sick. Jesus heard of a need, but he waited two more days. I'm here to tell you, church, there's no accidents when it comes to our Savior. He's setting up something behind the scenes. He says, I have a plan and I have a purpose. That whatever is intended for ill or for evil, I will always turn it around for good. In John eleven ten, he said, anyone who walks through the night, he will stumble because the light is not in him. So when we accept Jesus into our hearts, we say, Lord, I raise my hand. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need Jesus to transform me, to change me. The Bible says he lives inside of us. We're placing the light inside of us. And that's a very powerful illustration. I want you to understand that the light is life. The light is life-giving. So we're in a series called This Is Us. Avenue Church is a life-giving church. If you've got our mailer, you've got our social media, you've got our postcard, you've got an invite from a friend, maybe somebody articulated you know, a little strange and said, There's, they're life-giving? I don't know what that means, but they're not a cult. I promise you, they're great. They're a life-giving church. So you might say, what does life-giving mean? Life-giving means we are simply authentic. What you see is what you get. So we're the same on stage, we're the same off stage. You might walk in here and go, man, these people are like really friendly. Like, can you back up a little bit? I have a bubble. The reason why? It's because we've been saved by grace, so we extend grace to others. That you might say positivity is just being naive. No, it's leadership. That with grace and light living inside of us, we're going to look at life a little bit better. 
We're not going to be hung up on the negativity and the criticism, but we're going to say, Jesus lives inside of me. That Jesus saved us by grace, so we extend grace, just like the woman at the well that we talked about last week. Did you know she said, yes, I have six men, and you're the seventh man. You complete me, Jesus. She went into the town, and she told everyone about Jesus. That is our prayer here today, that we're simply speaking the good news about Jesus Christ. Now, if you might have noticed, we don't have uh, giving buckets. We don't pass buckets during the during the service. We have giving boxes. We text to give. Uh, we give online as well. And the reason why we do that as part of an authentic culture is that we never want to manipulate you into giving. The reason why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, not who gives reluctantly or he's told you to give, but God loves a cheerful giver. So our, question, our, our desire today is that when God speaks, you simply obey. Because he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over our life. Why? It's part of an authentic culture. That we never want to twist or manipulate. We simply want to do life with you. It's not what we want from you. It's what we want for you in your life. We want Avenue Church to be enjoyable. See, I grew up in a great church, but it was non-enjoyable. I didn't have very much fun. I had great relationships. I had great community. But thank you, Jesus, that service was over, right? That church should be enjoyed, not endured. It should be something that we bring somebody to and say, hey, listen, I think they go like an hour, sometimes an hour and ten. It's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. You can, you can leave. You can get out. You can come back. Come as you are. But Avenue Church will be a place where everyone is welcome. See, Jesus was perfect and holy, and pure, but he was never afraid to embrace perfect people. Now you might say, what's, what's joy, this joy all about? You know what I mean? Like we're going to have fun, and we're a welcoming church, but you know what joy is? And I saw this cheesy little thing this week, and you ever read something cheesy, and you go, I can't use that, it's pretty cheesy. And then you're like, but it works, right? And so joy, and joy is simply Jesus, others, and yourself. If we place Jesus first, then others before us, we're going we're gonna to bring out joy. Because it's such a joy to help someone else out. It is such a joy to say, I'm going to take eyes off of me, I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus, and I'm going to put my eyes on others. One of the greatest things we can do in the Christian faith is introduce someone to Jesus Christ and see their lives changed. Amen? It's kind of cheesy, right? You know, it was all right. But we'll always leave the 99. We'll always go after the one. So let's read John chapter 11. I am that guy who reads and preaches, all right? So John chapter 11, verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he showed up. He's on time. When Jesus came, Lazarus had already been in the tomb dead for four days. So he shows up. He's like, I'm, I'm going to extend my travels for two days. And, and, you know, it takes him a while to get there and, it's four days that his friend has been dead in the tomb. I want you to understand that that's dead. That's like really dead. He's wrapped up. Even Jesus said, can I go in the tomb? And they said, my brother stinks, all right? He doesn't smell very good. Do not go in there. But Jesus is four days late. I've always heard this uh, growing up at church. And you have to forgive me for this, but the Bible, not the Bible, but I've always heard people say, 
God is never too early. God's never too late. He's right on time. I said, I'm going to punch you in the mouth, all right? Because I've seen that in my own life. I've seen God is never too early. In my terms, he's often too late. And very seldom is he on time. But I want you to understand that when Jesus does the miracle in your life, when he fixes it, or when he comes in, or when he intervenes, or when he blows your mind, when he comes in and boom, there comes a miracle, the timeline never mattered. So Jesus, hey, you can be as late as you want. You can be as late as you want because I know you're going to show up. I remember this building. I said in the first week, January 6th, we signed the lease on this property. February 12th, we launched. Talk about acid reflux and, and, and anxiety and worry. My God, you're too late. I got business professionals, coaches, and other pastors going, you need a location, man. You got to find something. I'm going, God's got this. He's never too late. Yeah. And what does he do? He gives us this amazing facilities to work with some amazing people. Why? Because God did the miracle. When he does the miracle, there's no timeline. The timeline does not matter. Amen. So when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained in the house. So there's two types of people in this story. One that approaches Jesus, and the other one who stays in the house. She says, my brother's dead, you're late, you didn't even show up. I heard about you healing the sick and, and, and doing all these amazing miracles. And so one sister stays in the house and says, forget it. I, I don't even have nice things to say to Jesus. And the other sister walks up and she said, Lord, if you had been here, if you would have just showed up, my brother would not have died. I want you to understand that we are a life-giving church, but it's not always roses and sunshine. I want you to notice that we're a life-giving church, but we're going to do life with you through the good times, but we're going to do life with you through the hard times. That we're going to wrap our arms around you and say, I don't know why. I don't have all the answers. It sucks. It stinks. I don't know why this occurred, but there's got to be a reason. That my, my love for Jesus Christ is not based upon my situation or my circumstances. My love for Jesus Christ is based on the Word of God. And so I want you to understand that even we had someone who uh, joined our team. The very first interest soul. So you got to understand that first meeting where you're like, we're going to branch out, we're going to start a church. And uh, we're going to put this thing together. And our first one wasn't very good, kind of janky. And we got all kinds of stuff. And we're doing the best we can. And a friend of mine walks in. And he walked in and listened to our, our, our speech and our message and believed in the vision. When we got his card, he wrote on that card, he put, I'm all in. I'm all in. A couple months later, his life was taken. And it was such a hard moment for us. But through that, we did life together. And we said, I don't know why this occurred, and I don't know why this happened. But we're going to do life together. And even in the Bible, Jesus went to the tomb. And there's the shortest verse in the Bible. 
In John chapter 11, verse 35, if you want to memorize scripture, John eleven thirty-five. 35, it said Jesus approached the tomb and it said this, Jesus wept. He wept. He approached his tomb and embraced compassion, embraced Mary and Martha and his friend Lazarus, and he began to cry and began to weep with him. Although he knew what was going to occur, he knew what was going to happen, he still had compassion. Now, I want you to understand that my friend is now in a place called heaven. He's in a place where there's no pain, no addiction, no temptation, no hurt. But he's in a beautiful place with our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I really got to emphasize that is why groups are so important. It's a safe place to ask those why questions. It's a safe place for you to knock on that door and say, Mary, can you come out? Let's begin to have this conversation. Let's begin to have this confrontation. And let's walk through this thing called life together. So John chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. I know he'll rise again, the resurrection and the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and I am the life that whoever believes in me will never die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Begin to study this out. There's no original word for trust. Trust doesn't have its own word. But when you add another word to this original word called trust, it actually breaks down as believes in. So when we believe in Jesus, that means we're trusting Jesus. We're trusting him with our life. We're trusting him with that next step. So Jesus walked up to the tomb, and he says, Lazarus, come out. And the Bible says Lazarus came out. He probably hopped out as a form of a mummy, tore it off, and said, who stinks? But Jesus performed this as an amazing miracle. That we believe that when you accept Jesus in your heart, you will go to a place called heaven. This is our blessed assurance. That our hope that death doesn't have the final say. That death isn't the end result. That death is simply the beginning of eternity. Now I want you to understand, this is something I wrestled with this week. As I begin to talk about the life and what is the life. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and I am the life. God, I need, I need an answer here. Because I need, I, I need to believe that there is more to just accepting Jesus and then passing our time here on earth. Like, boom, I accepted Jesus, I will have eternal life, I will be with him in heaven, but what about the next 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40, 50? All right, I don't know if I want to do 100, all right? I'm not that in shape, okay? But what about the rest of our life? That John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal your life, to kill your life, to destroy your life. But I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus said, I have come to give you an abundant life. That God not only sent his son to die on a cross, so whoever believes in him will have abundant life. I want you to read this in John 17, verse 3. Check this out. And this is, one second, this is eternal life. So this is Jesus speaking. And he says, listen, this is eternal life. What is it, Lord? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Do you want to live life? It's know Jesus. 
Do you want to live life abundantly, exceedingly more? We get to know who Jesus is. What is it to live life? In just a moment, I want you to watch this video. In this video, you're going to begin to see what living life is like. Because if you don't know God, I, I, I even want to describe it as you're driving in a car in the middle of the night without headlights on. You think you know how to get to your destination. You can kind of see the road. But it's all just guesswork. There is no guessing with Jesus. That when you accept Jesus, you begin to speak to the dead things in your life. I don't know if the equation was up already, but here's how we're going to end our series. Is that if you know the way, and then you begin to learn the truth, it begins to equal life. Then when you say, Jesus, I'm just going to take a step, and I need you to show me how to go the right way. I'm going this way, but I need to go this way. When we equal the way, if we go the way plus the truth, Father, what is the truth in my life? I need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that the good news will begin to set you free, and it will equal life. I want you to watch this video real quick. Well, at 13... I think that's when I first experienced with, with drugs. And at that age, I, I was introduced by my sister, actually. Uh, from there, it just went on to friends, parties, uh, just having a good time. And not realizing that it was getting out of hand, uh, the addiction got worse throughout the years. But I kept, I kept it hidden from her. And I kept it hidden for her so, for so many years until uh, we moved to San Diego. It just got worse there. And there was times that she, she would find the drugs. I mean, I kind of knew about the, the lighter drugs, but not like, you know, because he would say once in a while he had done that when he was younger, but not to where I thought, okay, he's actually doing it now. When we moved here to Vegas, um, I really got involved more with the meth and that's when my life really just just went for the worst i was living on my own i was living out in the uh on fremont on a motel and my life was just i was done i was done i was tired i came to that point in my life that i was tired uh, of my addiction uh trying to get rid of it on my own and i knew i couldn't get rid of it on my own i knew i needed some help and God had put a friend in my life that was a Christian and the phone rang that day. And as I'm sitting in that hotel, on that corner of that bed, crying, asking God to really to come and help me and remove this addiction from my life. I literally felt that he was there and it got moved away and this friend shows up, takes me in into his home and says, I'm gonna help you. That's when I saw that God was hearing me out. And I've heard that throughout my life. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Well, I'm not the same person. I've changed and I showed my kids, I showed my wife that I'm that different person. <laughs> That was, that was Victor and Gloria. They serve on the A-team.
Just seeing God bless their family. <laughs> seeing two of their kids in, in Bible college have a desire to go into ministry. See, I've seen, and this breaks my heart, but I've seen people walk into a service not living in life, dead to some things. I've seen some people walk into service and there's no passion, no zeal, no purpose. That if we simply accept Jesus, we get to instantly walk out of this room and say, I have purpose in my life, that God's called me for something greater. But I want you to understand that as much as I love speaking and communicating, that oftentimes life change just doesn't happen in one service. But life change in groups, that you begin to see life change in circles and not rows, but also in growth track. To say, let's commit yourself to join growth track next week and to say, how can I find my purpose? Here's what Jesus said about Lazarus in chapter 11, verse 11. They said, hey, Jesus, he's, he's sick, and we better get there before he gets sicker and perhaps even dies. And this is what Jesus says in verse 11. He said to them, our friend has fallen asleep, but I go to waken him up. I go to wake him up. Let us not go through life asleep without purpose. But the Savior, he loves you so much that he's given you giftings and abilities, desires. He's placed them on the inside of you. And he said, I've given them to you for a reason. But that first step is eternal life. That second step is this life here on this earth. Life more abundantly. A more kind of life. That Jesus wants to wake you up and give you abundant life, not barely surviving, but truly living. That means your days begin with gladness and nights that end in peaceful sleep. It means days filled with hope, joy, and purpose. That this is the kind of life God always intended for you to have. Just for privacy and respect, will you simply just bow your heads, close your eyes for me? And this is something that we commit to do every single week because we want to leave the 99 and we want to go after the one. I'm going to ask you a question, and this question isn't to join our church. This question isn't going to put you in an email blast. This is a question about your life. This is the question to say, are you asleep to the things of God? That our Savior wants to wake you up and to say, I have created you. You are wonderfully and beautifully made. And that is you here today. You say, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need him to forgive me of my sins. And I want to take a step in the right direction. If that is you, just raise a hand for me. Just raise a hand for me. Just raise a hand for me. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Can we celebrate real quick and celebrate what God has done? Because there was a lot of hands that went up, but every hand that was raised, 
That's something to celebrate. That's something to celebrate. In a moment, we're going to pray a prayer together. And when you pray that prayer, you might say, is that it? Is it that simple? But guess what? You've just been born again. You have a second start, a fresh start, that God is waking you up. And now we're going to have purpose in this life. So we bow our heads, close your eyes. Will you, excuse me, will you stand with me? And then bow our heads, close your eyes. So we can go right into this song. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and making a way for me to come to you. I receive this gift and ask you to come into my heart and to be Lord of my life. I give you all of me and ask you to turn my life around for the glory of God. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live the life that you died and gave to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap one more time.